Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. Well, Chris, here we are, a special episode I'm really excited about. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too, buddy. Always like it when I meet your friends. So they help raise the already very low bar a little bit higher. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I'd like to welcome Kathy Peters to this uh, special episode of Moving the Rock. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you, James. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're excited to have you as well. Uh, Kathy is a co-founder of iCare Network here in mm-hmm. Columbus, Ohio. And uh, iCare Network is a young and growing company. And uh, mm-hmm. Kathy um, has had a very interesting journey through sales. And so we thought today it would be uh, a lot of fun to hear what it's like to be the co-founder of a really aggressive and vibrant startup here in town. And also hear Kathy's story about how uh, she adapted and adopted um, uh, to the role of sales and driving the growth of the company. Uh, Kathy, it would be wonderful maybe if you could just kick us off with an intro uh, to you, your business, and give us a sense of the problem that iCare Network solves in the marketplace. Sure. Thank you so much. So as James mentioned, I am Kathy Peters. I'm the co-founder of iCare Network. We are a platform that aligns and integrates for senior care needs to make sure that they get the right care at the right time during their senior care journey. And the problems that we're really solving are multifaceted, James and Chris. There are many gaps in care for seniors, and a lot of times they're not connected to the care that they need to keep them out of the hospital and keep them safe and aging a place and home. There are many Medicare preventative services are, that are available that are underutilized. And really what our platform does is takes the seniors data and makes sure that they're getting all the preventative care services in a connected, cohesive and collaborative fashion. So all the stakeholders involved in that um, seniors care can communicate and collaborate effectively for uh, great care for that senior to keep them safe. That's great. It seems to me, I don't know, it just seems like it would be a natural challenge for the uh, care Mm -hmm. provider to solve, to solve. Is that, how come that hasn't happened? Well, it, uh, (laughs) how come that hasn't happened, right? Well, it's happening now with our platform. We're hoping, we're hoping to solve that problem. It, what we found, James, and what I found um, personally and professionally, and, and you may lead into this in a minute with your next question, but what I found is that there are multiple EHRs and EMRs, and they're not talking to each other for collaborated and cohesive approaches to a patient's care. It's very siloed data. Information isn't managed very effectively. 
caregivers are not talking, uh, even within a healthcare system where you might have a home health, a hospice, and a home care company all owned under the same umbrella, they often have three different EHRs. So really what we're trying to do is create an easier experience with information at the fingertips for the caregiver and the healthcare providers and merge that uh, data for an easy view from multiple, um, you know, multiple EHRs or multiple uh, systems. Gotcha. Hmm. I heard the personally uh, there and I always get interested in what was the experience that it sounds like Mm -hmm. personally that that as vulnerable as you would want to be, you know, gave you this vision of solving this problem. Sure. Thank you so much for asking, Chris. It is a real passion of mine to solve this problem because I lived this professionally and personally for about a decade. Mm. I had um, 20 years of experience in home health and hospice, business development, operations, and sales. So I can go into that in a minute, some of the problems that I saw for the um, gaps and seniors not getting the care that they needed. But what is really a driving factor for me is the personal caregiving experience I went through for my father. He had Parkinson's disease for 14 years. And for that 14 years, he was in Indianapolis and I'm based in Columbus. So I would make countless trips to take care of him. It was a very complex disease process. And I was navigating his neurologist, his home health company, private duty caregivers, his assisted living and multiple members of my family, all trying to coordinate his care. And um, what happened, Chris, is the information was flowing through me or through Google Docs or Google Google Keeps that I was um, trying to or paper notebooks, if you can Mm -hmm. believe it, (laughs) trying to just get the information for all the caregivers and all the stakeholders in my dad's care journey. So we would all make the best decisions to support his disease um, progression. So he had literally the best quality of life. And it was absolutely maddening um, how siloed the data was and how many hours I would spend on the phone just trying to coordinate. I mean, a simple thing like when the speech therapist would tell me, okay, now he needs to move into Thickland liquids. I mean, you would think that's an easy thing, but I had to get that across to the assisted living dining room staff. I had to get that across to his private duty caregivers. I had to make sure that everybody was making sure his liquids liquids were thickened or literally he could swallow and aspirate and die. I mean, the stakes were high. It was not, (laughs) it was not just, Hey, just (laughs) make sure you're transferring my dad correctly on and off the toilet. I mean, this was a life-changing event. So if one caregiver missed a step or one person in the dining room missed that uh, thickened liquid that the speech therapist had recommended, it could be devastating consequences to my dad. And at one point it was, he ended up in the hospital because his liquid did not get um, Mm. thickened had uh, aspiration pneumonia, and that led to his hospice journey. So I feel very passionate about it because there's a lot of moving pieces that caregivers are having to deal with, with information that is absolutely essential for a better quality of life for a senior. So therein is where I'm very passionate about Eye Care Network. I would come home and talk to my partner, who is also my co-founder, Rich Figallo. He is a healthcare data architect. He saw me living this personally and professionally, and he said, you know, Kathy, there is a way we can make this better. And he literally developed the platform from scratch by himself to um, address all of the silos and gaps that caregivers and healthcare providers experience to make sure everybody has the same information at the same time for uh, better better interventions and coordination. Mm -hmm. Long answer, Chris. I apologize. No, it's it's the heart. (laughs) 
I hear it. And you went through it. And who knew that even existed? Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah, it has a problem. What's what's wow. amazing, we uh we have a family member that has just entered um elder care and uh it's just wonderful to hear how eloquently you described the challenge that my wife goes through leading that that uh process and uh you know, despite the best efforts of the folks at the facility you know they don't they're they kind of view themselves as individuals and they don't really have the facility to do the kind of job that they'd like to do and i, and I imagine that in those situations your system really empowers folks that really do care about the quality of care they give and, and the experience of the family members that um, are going through this process. Jane, absolutely. That is absolutely a focus of our platform and our app is to make sure that caregiving is a better experience for the caregiver and it does empower them with the information that they need to take better care. And also if it can just bring more, um, joy and relief into the caregiving process. So instead of spending hours on the phone trying to care coordinate and comb through data and charts and this and the other, you actually have one easy spot you can find everything in um, that's not hard to find. You know, it's, it's, it's literally information at your fingertips. Wow. Decisions. Wow. Uh, it's fantastic. So you had mentioned that Mm-hmm. It seems like you and your partner are a match made in heaven when it comes to this this idea. Uh, back in front of the house, you know, technical expert, mm-hmm. and then you in the sales and um, operations side. Um, what was it like to make the transition into leading your own business? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say to be frank, it was exciting and terrifying at the same mm-hmm. time. I mean, <laughs> like we literally uh, held hands and jumped off the deep end of the pool together to found this company. We really just decided we were going to put everything we had into founding, uh, co-founding iCare Network together because we believe so passionately in our solution and being able to help caregivers and seniors have a better quality of life and have the information not so siloed that um, it was hard. I mean, I'm not going to say it was easy, but it was it's been a, a growth along the way and it's, it's been fascinating, actually. It's, it's fascinating the twists and turns that we've taken. So it's, I mean, you can imagine if you're trying to work with your spouse or partner, uh, building a business, <laughs> you're living it, you're working it. And side note, we also have an eight-year-old child that we're re- rearing together. So things get really interesting around our house, but we're very passionate about it. That's, that's amazing. I mean, when I see the picture of that and how easy it can slide into like a business conversation and then you're parenting in the next moment. And, you know, when you think about where other founders are and their passion and their energy and, and places in a, in a place of startup like that, what's something that helped you a lot, you know, as you navigated, especially those early stages when it's, like you said, can be terrifying and exciting? Sure. Um, you know, I'll say definitely it's been great having a co-founder. I mean, that we're personal and professional partners together because many times we can bounce ideas off of each other and, and, you know, we're not limited to eight to five office hours. I mean, that's negative and positive in its own way. 
Uh, so we're able to discuss, uh, you know, what we're working on for the platform or business development at any given time. But what also we've really appreciated, Chris, is being able to be part of the startup studio with Rev One, mm-hmm. and also meeting on experts like James. I mean, he was a real game changer for me, as James, you know, I shared with you when we met at the networking event. I mean, it's been a real game changer for us as far as our um, systematic approach to things and and getting us ready for the next step. So really having that support that uh, Rev One has wrapped around us with with James, with you, and with them. Um, we've got some great mentors that we've been connected with, and we have a wonderful advisor. So we're very appreciative to that in our early stages. That's, that's, uh, awesome. that's wonderful. And st- and Rev One, for our listeners, uh, they're a local startup studio. I wonder, Kathy, what uh, kinds of challenges were you facing that Rev One was uniquely positioned to help you address? Well, that is a great question. <laughs> I think helping us get systematically organized for the sales process, there's so many things that go into uh, co-founding a technology company and being able to, like for me, it was really new. It shouldn't have been new because I was used to, I was used to sales and business development, but it was new for me developing like your ideal customer profile, your pipeline targeted specific to this, like the all of the systems that you have to have to ha- to be in a successful startup, they've really helped us uh, wrap, they've really wrapped their expertise around us and helped us with getting those systems and processes in place and organized. Yeah, there is a process uh, for sure. And yeah. uh, it, it's for the uninitiated, for the first time where it's, uh, it can be daunting because you've got to do so much. Just in my personal experience, mm-hmm. you have to get so much mm-hmm. done so quickly. So there's really no no time to figure it out yourself. You really need as much guidance as you possibly can get. Yes. Yes, you do. What was, what, what was the game changing part that uh, James brought? I'd love to hear more about that. He didn't know I was going to ask that. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought there might be a surprise question or two. Well, the game changing part that James brought for me, uh, Chris was, it was, I was used, I referenced earlier in our call or in our conversation that I came from a background of hospice and home health for business development and operations. So I was fairly used to selling at a high level for hospice and home health. I was not used to selling technology or a technology platform. I'll tell you, I was pretty much, it was new territory to me. So Rich actually was the first one that listened to James and uh, he, he got through the information first and he said, you have to listen to this. It's a game changer. It's going to change the way we're going to do our approach, the way we're going to be um, marketing and selling and doing everything from here on out. So as soon as he said that, I knew it was very important. So I listened to it not once, but James probably laughed at me because when I met him <laughs> at the Rev One networking event, it's I, I was like, James, I hope you know you're a rock star in our house. <laughs> I've, listened to, I've listened to your episodes probably six or seven times. I mean, if I was hitting a stumbling block or I needed some guidance or needed a refresh on what to do, I would go back to it every single time because his advice was so solid and helped me so much in shaping my uh, strategy and plans and processes. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's a, it's a gratifying uh, feeling for sure. Um, yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, so much of this is the level of engagement that you bring to the table uh, and as a founder. I mean, we talked to a lot of founders who uh, are highly motivated, right? Because everything's riding on that ability to finish 
the cycle, right? Once you build an amazing product and you uh, you're, you're able to solve a, uh, a, a serious and valuable problem, the next step is now letting people know about it, and then of course bringing that deal home. Um, sure. What is it uh, when you think about your ideal? So your ideal client would your ideal client be anyone who's running a uh, home healthcare facility, or are you looking for more complex environments where there are multiple caregivers mm-hmm. and so forth? I mean, how do you, how do you, um, how do you th- look at the entire market out there and then think about who you want to invest your time and who that ideal customer and that, as we say, that always buyer would be? Right. That that's an excellent question, James. And we're still sorting through that a little bit because the fact of the matter is our uh, platform is a solution for almost any entity in healthcare. So we can be a solution for home health. We are a solution for hospice. We're a solution for home care, which is the non-medical. We're a solution for assisted living. So right now what we've really done is spend our summer in our sales mode, really figuring out where we're going to be able to have our best success the quickest. So right now we're we're um, finishing that up, but really any entity that deals with senior care is is a customer for us. But right now we're really focusing on the B2B with the ability to reach as many seniors as we can. And then eventually we would really like to get B2C. Mm. Because the B2C would be the, the family being able to kind right. of be connected into that communication loop. Yes, absolutely. That is that is our that is our end game. That is what we would really like. To, that is what our goal would be to provide in the end an an app for a caregiver, so they could really make sure that they have communication and collaboration and um, knowledge of all the, the preventative care services that are available and education on that in one app. Got it. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we have a, I have a lead for you. So we'll have to talk about that after the session today. Um, you've inspired me. And I think um, I know someone that uh, will really benefit from what you're doing, especially in the context of their larger initiative, which is to expand their, um, their uh, offerings to their, to their, uh, to their um, residents. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. I thought uh, you were going to say it was your wife. That's another. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she'll be the first user, for sure. Uh, one of the first. Uh, so, Kathy, uh, great. You have a sales background, obviously very successful um, in the environment, but selling to a different audience and selling different capabilities to the to that to that different off- audience. Had you been through sales training in the past, and do you have a way to kind of like contrast for our listeners? the difference between maybe the traditional sales approach that you were used to using and what the wins methodology did for you that made it so powerful or made it that game changer? Yes. Thank you. That is an excellent question, James. In home health and hospice sales, it's more of a traditional sales route. I mean, really it's, I hate to say this, but I'm just going to be frank for because anybody that's in hospice or home health sales understands that it's truly a numbers game. They really train you um, and develop you on how to increase your census, um, educate on the disease process, bring as many patients as you can into your company, um, and maybe differentiate differentiate a little bit on your quality of care. But it's you're selling a service, you're selling home health or hospice, you're not selling technology. And that is just, it's completely two different things. And 
what you brought to the table, James, when I listened to listened to your um, initial when I viewed, I'm sorry, listened and viewed multiple times what you were offering with the win strategy. It was so different for me because I would go in prior and just, you know, I would talk about here's our home health, here's our hospice, here's what we can do. And that's it. I just followed a formulary. And what you helped me do was shift the conversation. So you're not talking about your company, your product first, you're talking about your learning and listening for what the problem is. So you can help solve that problem through your solution. So it just, it just shifted the way that I thought about doing sales and the way I presented things from the beginning. And I wonder uh, how did that, um, oftentimes sales folks, when they go out to market, right, they, we were prepared with our pitch, right? We're all energized and hyped up and we can't wait to tell people about what we do. And and so often we're taught you want to bring a level of enthusiasm with you so you can convert people, uh, their hearts and minds. And it's that, and you feel like, especially when you're starting out, you feel like you've got to be this force of nature that um, will convince someone uh, to take, to listen. And so often that creates just people who, you know, can't say no. So they take your stuff and never call you again. So it's really like, you never really know where you stand with these folks and um, where you are on the sales cycle. And I wonder uh, how did it affect your, you, your feeling about what you were doing and how you could go to market, especially when you were doing something brand new, something you'd never done before. Well, it gave me more confidence. It really helped shape my conversations and helped me understand how I was going to be presenting things and being prepared. I have one excellent example after probably the third or fourth time I, I listened to your advice, I got into a meeting <laughs> and this lady was very excited. She was, she is the owner of a home care agency, which home care is non-medical, not to be confused with home health, which is Medicare uh, services, skilled therapy. And she was so excited. She's like, I, oh my gosh, Kathy, I've heard all about your uh, technology, your platform. I'm so excited to meet, meet you. Tell me all about it. Well, James, I took a deep breath and I said, wait, why don't you tell me about what you're going through right now? Some of the things that you're experiencing. And I had just, and before James, I would have just jumped right on in and said, and this is what we're doing and this is what we're doing. And I would have gone through all our features and benefits. And that's how I would have carried on my conversation, but I didn't, I deliberately paused. I mean, she was literally like leaning across the coffee table, like, like almost pounding her fist on the table. Tell me about this. <laughs> but I thought, I'm not going to jump in. I'm going to follow James' advice. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to listen. I need to find out what her problems are before yeah. I can before I can apply the wins solution. It's awesome. It's not. It's interesting. It's not natural. It almost feels unnatural when somebody mm -hmm. wants to hear what you have to say. It almost feels unnatural not to tell them, right? Because it's it's almost so. It's almost flattering. Wow, this person's giving me the floor. I don't have to force it or take it or even ask for it. Yeah. And it's so tempting. Not that that to... happens every time. That doesn't happen every time. But that time it didn't. I was like, sure. I'm going to learn from this. <laughs> that, that was a similar shift for me. Like as I was learning to apply wins, it was so powerful to go, oh, uh, I'm, I'm not getting hooked into this moment unaware. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I'm just curious, did, did she end up becoming a client? 
Well, we are very close to her becoming a client. Nice. Yes, we're very, very close. We have probably one more, one more meeting left to, to get the deal done. Sounds oh, you. Yes. Yes. We often Thank say you. that wins, Kathy, we often say that wins allows us to practice sales as a leadership competency. And mm-hmm. I wonder if in that moment, when you don't respond with that statement, but with a question, do you feel like you're stepping into that leadership role? I do feel like I'm stepping into that leadership role. Yes, I, I absolutely do. It's 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 a it's a game changer because you're helping to, you know, lead lead and shape the conversation, but on a different level where you're not the one uh, doing all the talking. You're observing, you're listening, and then you're shaping your strategy and your plan around what they're saying, what their problems are. Yeah. Outstanding. Uh, it's interesting because I was, you know, we do a lot of, we're selling all the time. Right. And, um, um, and I, 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 as you know, I like to talk about helping people buy versus mm-hmm. this idea of selling, right. Because we're not trying to force something. We're trying to right. uh, create that leverage that servant leader mentality and and create that successful buying decision for both sides um when you when you i guess i wonder uh, how you respond to that idea of Mm -hmm. leveraging the principles of servant leadership in your role do you see it as something that can ultimately help you grow your business or do you see it as a uh, something that might slow down your growth oh i don't see it as anything that would slow down the growth. I think it would only be an accelerator to our growth because I think if you're not adapting that philosophy of servant leadership, then you're really going to fall behind and you're not going to be able to get ahead because you really have to be able to figure out how can you best, you know, as you mentioned, lead, lead the client, but also serve them at the same time and not just be constantly talking about your features and benefits and what's cool about this or cool about that, that that's, that's not being a servant leader. That's just talking about a lot of features and benefits your product has. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy's warmed me up to that phrase servant leadership as he's articulated and led. Cause I, I, at first I had some resistance and uh, it just showed me places I needed to grow. It was good. It well, was very good. Share that Chris, what, where'd you, where did your resistance come from? It's be an interesting yeah, well, topic. Well, I, you know, um, this is, this is like a big idea for me about leadership and, and leadership is taking people somewhere they haven't yet imagined they could go. So they have to imagine it with you and you, you, by the nature of leadership are being vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there. You're saying, I see this. Can you see it with me? So someone is not going to self lead into the preferred unimagined future. You've got to go first. And because of that, I recognize and appreciate the need to cast a vision, make it compelling, communicate. The problem with that is uh, unhealthy leadership is just talking that vision and not listening. You got to do both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that translates into sales in such a way, like y'all were talking about with the enthusiasm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay. Yeah, but they don't, what I'm offering, they don't even know they need it. So how could the solution not be for me to use stories and illustrations and excitement to get them uh, casting or sharing the same vision I'm casting? 
and just seeing how powerful it is to to reverse the order especially mm-hmm. in in i think not just sales but conversations and then yes. i'm drawing out where they are and their desires what they want what the impact of that is going to be and why is that not happening in your life and then it's it's beautiful i did it this morning so <laughs> Kathy, it looks like you were identifying with what Chris was talking about. Oh, 100%. I 100% identify with that, with what you said, Chris. Yeah. So, Kathy, we're really curious. What um, what do you see as the next steps for iCare Network? And we'd love to hear more about uh, where you are, where you, where you plan on being, and, and uh, what kind of opportunities are in front of you. Sure. So our next steps for iCare Network are, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, really getting that pinhead on our customer right now, like which which uh, segment are we really going to focus selling into, whether it's going to be home care, home health, hospice, or all of the above, because there's really, honestly, James, been so much interest from all the entities, but we're we're small. <laughs> we're still a small company. We're, you know, we, we're growing, you know, we're obviously growing, but we're small. So just Figuring out the focus for that and, you know, keeping uh, very strategic with our sales process and focusing on, you know, our plans of the B2B and then B2C within two to three years. Outstanding. And then we'd like, you know, we're going to be going after some funding as well. That's, that's outstanding. Um, and right here in Columbus, Ohio, it's amazing. Um, so, Kathy, right if, I'm sure we're going to have sales folks who are going to be excited by what you're doing and interested in what, what uh, potential there might be for them at your company, how would any of our listeners get a hold of you? Sure. They could either call my phone number, which is 614-259-7478. They can find me on LinkedIn under Catherine Peters. They can also go to our website, which is www.icarenetwork.com. And it's um, I, the letter I, and then C-A-R-E, and then network. It just says that it says it in our name outstanding yeah i love it i love the name it's one of those names that you're like how come this is still available (laughs) (laughs) because we really truly want to create a network of providers so everybody is networked together and providing great care for seniors well kathy it's been a delight to to see you again have you on this format uh to to check in with you at this point of your growth and we would love to have you back uh to uh, thrill us with the uh, next step that you've taken a company to at some point in the future. Well, thank you. Thank you, James. And I really cannot thank you enough for how you have helped me through this process and taught me. And one thing we didn't get to, but I would like to mention quickly, which was very helpful to me is to get step away from the demo and a technology Mm. company. You really helped me with that. So you don't just all of a sudden demo, demo, demo. You're, leading with those questions and and asking what's important to them. And I remember from uh, your conversation and when you taught the class that you said you had only done two demos, I think in your, in 15 years. And I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. So that that's been very helpful to me. And I actually think that has helped us more with closing deals than you could imagine Mm. just getting, stepping away from the demo and really having that, listening conversation for what their needs and problems are. Oh, that's great. So to thank hear. you. I really want to thank you for that. Ah, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Well, that's outstanding. Um, and you know, maybe we'll have you, if you're, uh, if you're open to it, 
Maybe you can mm-hmm. guest lecture at uh, our next learning lab at uh, Rev One Ventures. That might be fun. That would be my pleasure. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, thank you again, Kathy. Chris, thanks. It's been a delight. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace. Peace.